The Tale of the Three Apples They were late, O king of the age, and lord of the time and of these days, that the caliph Harun al-Rashid summoned his wazir Jafar one night and said to him, I desire to go down into the city and question the common folk concerning the conduct of those charged with this covenants. And those of whom they complain, we will depose from office. And those of whom they commend, we will promote. Quoth Jafar. Hearkening and obedience. So the caliph went down with Jafar and eunuch Masrur to the town and walked about the streets and markets. And as they were threading a narrow alley, they came upon a very old man with a fishing net and a crate to carry small fish on his head, and in his hand a staff and as he walked at a leisurely pace, he repeated these lines. They say me, thou shinest a light to mankind, with thy lure as the night which the moon doth uplight. I answer, a truce to your jest and your gibes. Without luck, what is learning? A poor devil white. If they take me to pawn with my lore in my pouch, with my volumes to read and my inkish to write, for one day's provision they never could pledge me, as likely on doomsday to draw bill at sight. How poorly indeed doth it fare with the poor, with his pauper existence and beggarly plight. In summer he faileth provision to find, in winter the firepots his only delight. The street dogs with bite and with bark to him rise, and each losser receives him with bark and with bite. If he lift up his voice and complain of his wrong, none pities or heeds him, however he's right. And when sorrows and evils like these he must brave, his happiest homestead were down in the grave. When the caliph heard his verses, he said to Ajafar, See this poor man, and note his verses, for surely they point to his necessities. Then he accosted him and asked, O oh, Sheikh, what be thine occupation? And the poor man answered, O oh, my lord, I am a fisherman with a family to keep, and I have been out between midday and this time, and not a thing hath Allah give my portion wherewithal to feed my family. I cannot even pawn myself to buy them a supper, and I hate and disgust my life, and I hanker after death. Quoth the Caliph, See me, wilt thou return with us to Tigris Bank, and cast thy net on my luck, and whatsoever turneth up I will buy of thee for a hundred gold pieces? The man rejoiced when he heard these words, and said, Oh, my head be it, I will go back with you. And returning with them riverwards, made a cast and waited a while. Then he hauled in the rope and dragged the net ashore, and there appeared in it a chest padlocked and heavy. The caliph examined it and lifted it, finding it weighty. So he gave the fisherman two hundred dinars and sent him about his business. Whilst Masrur, aided by the caliph, carried the chest to the palace and set it down and lighted the candles. Ja'far and Masur then broke it open and found therein a basket of palm leaves corded with red worsted. This they cut open and saw within it a piece of carpet which they lifted out and under it was a woman's mantilla folded in four which they pulled out and at the bottom of the chest they came upon a young lady fair as a silver ingot slain and cut into nineteen pieces. When the caliph looked upon her, he cried, Alas! And tears ran down his cheeks, and turning to Jafar, he said, O dog of wazirs, shall folk be murdered in our reign, and be cast into the river, to be a burden and a responsibility for us on the day of doom? 
By Allah, we must avenge this woman on her murderer and he shall be made to die the worst of deaths. And presently he added, Now, as surely as we are descended from the sons of Abbas, if thou wilt bring us who slew her, that we do her justice on him, I will hang thee at the gate of my palace, thee and putty of thy gift and kin by thy side. And the Caliph was wroth with exceeding rage, quoth Ja'far. Grant me three days delay. And quoth the Caliph. We grant thee this. So Ja'far went out from before him, and returned to his own house, full of sorrow and saying to himself, How shall I find him who murdered this damsel, that I may bring him before the Caliph? If I bring other than the murderer, it will be laid to my charge by the Lord. In very sooth I wot not what to do. He kept his house three days, and on the fourth day the Caliph sent one of the chamberlains for him, and as he came to the presence asked him, Where is the murderer of the damsel? To which answered Ja'far, O commander of the faithful, I am inspector of the murdered folk that I should kill who killed her. The Caliph was furious at his answer, and bade hang him before the palace gate, and commanded that a crier cry through the streets of Baghdad. Whoso would see the hanging of Jafar, the Barmaki, wazir of the Caliph, with forty of the Barmises, his cousins and kinsmen, before the palace gate, let him come, and let him look. The people flocked out from all the quarters of the city to witness the execution of Jafar and his kinsmen, not knowing the cause. Then they set up the gallows and made Jafar and the others stand underneath in readiness for execution. But whilst every eye was looking for the Caliph's signal, and the crowd wept for Jafar and his cousins of the Barmecides, lo and behold, a young man fair of face, and neither dress in favour like the moon raining light, with eyes black and bright, and brown flower white, and cheeks red as rose, and young down where the beard grows, and a mole like a grain of ambergris, pushed his way through the people, till he stood immediately before the wazir, and said to him, Safety to thee from this strait, O prince of the emirs and asylum of the poor. I am the man who slew the woman ye found in the chest. So hang me for her, and do her justice on me. When Jafar heard the youth's confession, he rejoiced at his own deliverance, but grieved and sorrowed for this fair youth. And whilst they were talking, behold, another man, well stricken in years, pressed forwards to the people, and thrust his way amid the populace, till he came to Jafar and the youth, whom he saluted, saying, Ho, thou the wazir, and prince and peer! Believe not the words of this youth, of a surety, none murdered the damsel but I. Take her reek on me this moment, for, and thou do not thus, I will require it of thee before almighty Allah. Then quoth the young man, O wazir, this is an old man in his dotage, who wotteth not whatso he saith ever, and I am he who murdered her, so do thou avenge her on me. Quoth the old man, O my son, Thou art young, and desirest the joys of the world, and I am old and weary, and surfeited with the world. I will offer my life as a ransom for thee, and for the wazir and his cousins. No one murdered the damsel but I, so a law upon thee, make haste to hang me, for no life is left in me now that hers is gone. The wazir marveled much at all the strangeness, and taking the young man and the old man, carried them before the caliph, where after kissing the ground seven times between his hands, he said, O commander of the faithful, 
I bring thee the murderer of the damsel. Where do you see? Asked the caliph, and Jafar answered, This young man saith, I am the murderer, and this old man giving him the lie saith, I am the murderer, and behold, here are the twain standing before thee. The caliph looked at the old man and the young man and asked, Which of you killed the girl? The young man replied, No one slew her save I. And the old man answered, Indeed, none killed her but myself. Then said the caliph to Jafar, Take the twin and hang the both. But Jafar rejoined, Since one of them was the murderer, to hang the other were mere injustice. By him who raised the firmament and dispread the earth like a carpet, cried the youth, I am he who slew the damsel. And he went on to describe the manner of her murder and the basket, the mantilla and the bit of carpet, in fact all that the caliph had found upon her. So the caliph was certified that the young man was the murderer, whereat he wondered and asked him, What was the cause of thy wrongfully doing this damsel to die? And what made thee confess the murder without the best in Indo? And what brought thee here to yield up thy life? And what made thee say to her wreck upon me? The youth answered, Know, O commander of the faithful, that this woman was my wife and the mother of my children, also my first cousin and the daughter of my paternal uncle, this old man who is my father's own brother. When I married her, she was a maid, and Allah blessed me with three male children by her. She loved me and served me, and I saw no evil in her, for I also loved her with fondest love. Now on the first day of this month she fell ill with grievous sickness, and I fetched in physicians to her, but recovery came to her little by little, and when I wished her to go to the hem and bath, she said, There is something I long for before I go to the bath. And I long for it with an exceeding longing. To hear is to comply, said I. And what is it? Quoth she. I have a queasy craving for an apple, to smell it and bite a bit of it. I replied, hadst thou a thousand longings, I would try to satisfy them. So, I went on the instant into the city and sought for apples, but I could find none. Yet had they cost a gold piece each, would I have bought them? I was vexed at this, and went home, and said, O oh, daughter of my uncle, by Allah I can find none. She was distressed, being yet very weakly, and her weakness increased greatly on her that night, and I felt anxious and alarmed on her account. As soon as morning dawned, I went out again and made the round of the gardens, one by one but found no apples anywhere. At last, there met me an old gardener of whom I asked about them, and he answered, Oh, my son, this fruit is a rarity with us and is not now to be found, save in the garden of the commander of the faithful Epizora, where the gardener keepeth it for the caliph's eating. I returned to my house troubled by my ill-success, and my love for my wife, and my affection moved me to undertake the journey. So I got me ready, and set out and traveled fifteen days and nights, going and coming, and brought her three apples, which I bought from the gardener for three diners. But when I went into my wife and set them before her, she took no pleasure in them, and let them lie by her side, for her weakness and fever had increased on her, and her malice.
brutality lasted without abating ten days, after which time she began to recover health. So I left my house, and betaking me to my shop, sat there buying and selling. And about midday, behold, a great ugly black slave, long as a lance and broad as a bench, passed by my shop, holding in hand one of the three apples wherewith he was playing. Quoth I, Oh, my good slave, tell me whence thou tookest that apple, that I may get the like of it. He laughed and answered, <laughs> I got it from my mistress, for I had been absent and on my return. I found her lying ill with three apples by her side, and she said to me, I heard we told if your husband made a journey for them to Basura and bought them for three dinars. So I ate and drank with her and took this one from her. When I heard such words from the slave, O commander of the faithful, the world grew black before my face, and I arose and locked up my shop and went home beside myself for excess of rage. I looked for the apples and finding only two of the three, asked my wife, Oh, my cousin, where is the third apple? And raising her head languidly, she answered, I went not, O oh, son of my uncle, where it is gone? This convinced me that the slave had spoken the truth. So I took a knife, and coming behind her, got upon her breast, without a word said, and cut her throat. Then I hewed off her head, and her limbs in pieces, and wrapping her in her mantilla, sewed up the hole which I set in his chest, and locking it tight, loaded it on my he-mule, and threw it in the tigers with my own hands. So Allah upon thee, O commander of the faithful, make haste to hang me, as I fear lest she appeal for vengeance on resurrection day. For when I had thrown her into the river and none knew aught of it, as I went back home I found my eldest son crying. And yet he knew not of what I had done with his mother. I asked him, What hath made thee weep, my boy? And he answered, I took one of the three apples which were by my mammy, and went out into the lane to play with my president. And behold, the big long black slave snatched it from my hand and said, Whence hast thou this? Cause I, my father, had traveled far for it, and brought it from Basura for my mother, who is ill, and two other apples for which he paid three ducats. He took no heed of my words. They asked for the apple a second and a third time, but he cuffed me and kicked me and went off with it. I was afraid lest my mother should swinge me on account of the apple. So for fear of her, I went with my brother outside the city and stayed there till evening closing upon us. And indeed, I am in fear of her. And now, by Allah, O my father, say nothing to her of this, or it may add to her ailment. When I heard what my child said, I knew that the slave was he who had foully slandered my wife the daughter of my uncle, and was certified that I had slain her wrong, fully. So I wept with exceeding weeping, and presently this old man, my paternal uncle and her father, came in, and I told him what had happened. He sat down by my side and wept, and we ceased not weeping until midnight. We have kept a mourning for her these last five days, and we lamented her in the deepest sorrow she was unjustly done to die. This came from the gratuitous lying of the slave, the Blackamoor, and this was the manner of my killing her. So I conjure thee, 
by the honor of thine ancestors, make haste to kill me and do her justice upon me, as there is no living for me after her. The Caliph marveled at his words and said, By Allah, the young man is excusable. I will hang none but the accused slave, and I will do a deed which shall comfort the ill at ease and suffering, and which shall please the all-glorious king. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and the sea saying her permitted say, when it was the twentieth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the caliph swore he would hang none but a slave, for the youth was executable. Then he turned to Jafar and said to him, Bring before me this accursed slave, who was the sole cause of this calamity. And if thou bring him not before me within three days, thou shalt be slain in his stead. So Jafar fared forth weeping and saying, Two deaths have already beset me, nor shall the croc come safe from every shock, and this matter craft and cunning are of no avail. But he who preserved my life the first time can preserve it a second time. By Allah, I will not leave my house during the three days which remaineth to me, and let the truth, whose perfection be praised, do e'en as he will. So he kept his house three days, and on the fourth day he summoned the Qazis and legal witnesses and made his last will and testament, and took leave of his children weeping. Presently, in came a messenger for the Caliph and said to him, The commander of the faithful is in the most violent rage that can be, and he sendeth to seek thee, and he sweareth that the day shall certainly not pass without thy being hanged, unless the slave be forthcoming. When Jafar heard this, he wept, and his children and slaves and all who were in the house wept with him. After he had bidden adieu to everybody except his youngest daughter, he proceeded to farewell her, for he loved this woman, who was a beautiful child, her and all his other children, and he pressed her to his breast, and kissed her and wept bitterly at parting from her. When he felt something round inside the bosom of her dress, and asked her, O oh, my little maid, what is in thy bosom pocket? O oh, my father, it is an apple with the name of our lord the Caliph in it. Rehon, our slave, brought it to me four days ago and would not let me have it till I gave him two dinars for When Jafar heard speak of the slave and the apple, he was glad and put his hand into his child's pocket and drew out the apple and knew it and rejoiced, saying, O oh, ready, dispeller of trouble! Then he bade them bring the slave and said to him, Fie upon thee, Rehan! Whence hadst thou this apple? Well, O oh master, though a lie may get a man once off, yet may truth get him off and well off again and again. I did not steal this apple from thy place, nor from the gardens of the commander of the faithful. The fact is that five days ago, as I was walking along the alleys of the city, I saw some little ones at play in this apple in hand, one of them. So I snatched it from him and, and beat him, and he cried and said, Oh youth, this apple is my mother's, and she is ill. She told my father how she longed for an apple. So he turned to Basura and bought her three apples for three gold pieces, and I took one of them to play with all. He wept again. But I paid no heed to what he said, I carried it off and brought it here. And my little lady bought it off me for two dinars of gold. And that is the whole story. 
when Jafar heard his words, he marveled at the murder of the damsel and all this misery should have been caused by his slave. He grieved for the relation of the slave to himself while rejoicing over his own deliverance, and he repeated these lines. If ill betide thee through thy slave, make him forthright thy sacrifice. A many a serviles thou shalt find, but life comes once and never twice. Then he took the slave's hand and, leading him to the caliph, related the story from first to last, and the caliph marveled with extreme astonishment, and laughed as he fell on his back, and ordered that the story be recorded and made public amongst the people. But Jafar said, Marvel not, O commander of the faithful, at this adventure, for it is not more wondrous than the history of Wazir Nur al-Din Ali of Egypt and his brother Shams al-Din Muhammad. Quoth the caliph, Not with it, but what can be stranger than this story? And Jafar answered, O commander of the faithful, I will not tell it thee, save on condition that thou pardon my slave. And the caliph rejoined, If it be indeed more wondrous than that of the three apples, I grant thee his blood, and if not, I will surely slay thy slave. So Jafar began in these words the tale of Nur al-Din and his son. One Thousand and One Arabian Nights audio drama from Sir Richard Burton's timeless classic, Arabian Nights Entertainment, The Tale of the Three Apples, features Anthony Abomaly, Khalid, Dustin Dar, Jafar, Odell Atkinson, Fisherman, Lee Turner, Chamberlain, Mitchell Lucas, Young Man, Sean Chiplock, Old Man, Avery Smithard, Slain Lady, Cameron Nihad, Gardner, Richard Garner, King's Minister, Richard Priest, Rahan, Justin Grant, Jafar's son, Cassandra Vladislava, Jafar's daughter, Marguerite Az Sharzad. Sound effects from freesound.org, music, Black Seas of Infinity, the eye of her moons blood the crimson serpent stars, entrance to the Sabbath of our fornication, licensed by John Longshaw, Herat 4 by ERH at freesound.org, Sufi Arrangement, Xera at freesound.org. Opening and ending credits theme, Enter In, Steve Irwin, and Arabian Adventures by Music Bakery, licensed by Audiosparks.com, Desert Gems Audio, mixed and produced by S. Davis, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. <laughs>